This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 50, the last chapter in the book of Genesis And we are dealing with a few things before we head into the book of Exodus. Excited to finish the book of Genesis. That being said, let's get to it. It is verse 15. When Joseph's brother saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which he did to him. And when they looked at it, they said, listen, maybe Joseph's going to repay all the evil that we did to him once our father's dead. Now, that being said, there's two issues here that need to be dealt with and need to be looked at as far as Joseph's concerned. First of all, when you're considering what someone will do, you need to consider their character. And character counts. Character matters. Character as far as who they've been in the past and how they've lived their lives matter. Now, that is not to say that individuals won't do something wrong or won't fall down or won't fall short of their standard of who they actually have been in their lives. doesn't mean that there's not failure that goes on in people's lives. That being said, these boys are projecting themselves onto Joseph. And what they're saying in their own heart is, if I were Joseph, I would, I would mete out a little retribution for what happened long ago when we sold him into slavery. That's what they're saying. That's that's what their heart is intending. That's what they're thinking deep within their soul. And notice, never project on someone yourself. Never say to yourself, if I were them, I would do this, because you're not them. And uh, that kind of projection oftentimes leads to uh, you not acting appropriately toward them, either to help them or to evaluate the situation so that you can know what is in the kingdom's interest as far as your concerns and how you live your life. And oftentimes in in looking at a situation, do not project yourself on that situation. Understand that people are people. Understand that they're going to be failures. Understand that their character counts and who they've been and how they've acted in the past is a great predictor of who they are and how they're going to act in the future. And so act accordingly. And for Joseph, his character was impeccable. Joseph could have had his brothers killed at any time. He could have had his brothers killed before his father even knew he was in Egypt. He didn't even know that his father was alive when his brothers came to him. And he wasn't, he could not be for sure that they were telling the truth as far as their father was concerned. In fact, as far as Joseph would be concerned, his brothers were liars and thieves and murderers. And as far as he was concerned, their character was counted for nothing. And so what did he do? He didn't just kill them outright 
because that was not his character. That was not who he was. And he allowed for the opportunity for maybe him to get a chance to see his father, for maybe him to get a chance to renew his relationship with his brother, for him maybe to have an opportunity to uh, fix wrongs that were done in the past. And that was his natural character. That's who God had made him into through the troubles and the hardship and the struggles of his past. He was a man of great character. His brothers, you can see, even though they may have had some life change, even though you can see some growth in their lives as they get older, you can see care and concern for their father. You can see care and concern for their brothers. You can see a concern for other people that probably and most definitely didn't exist when they were younger. But in earlier years, they also proved that they had the potential to kill a whole city. They proved that they had the potential to do things that shouldn't be done. And when they begin to think about what Joseph's going to do, well, their character comes out. Who they are comes to play in the story. And so they say, listen, perhaps Joseph will hate us and may actually repay us for all the evil which we did to him. Joseph's not going to do that. That's not who Joseph is. And secondly, that is who you are. Oftentimes I say to people, it's not your words or your actions that make you right with God. What makes you right with God is the finished work of Jesus Christ. What makes you okay with God is that Jesus got you in. But your words and your actions reflect what you believe about God. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I mean, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And without faith without works is dead. We understand those principles. We understand that if you live your life in such a way that your mouth and your actions don't reflect what you say you believe, the, the Bible tells us that we don't believe what we say we believe. The Bible tells us that we're kidding ourselves, that we're lying to ourselves. And so our faith and our actions must measure up. Our faith and our words must measure up to each other. They must be in the same place. They are in the same place. And so when you're dealing with person, when their actions reveal their faith, when their words reveal their faith, and I'm not talking about words when everybody's listening. I'm talking about words when no one's listening, when you're just with them. If their words are words that see God in his rightful position and them in their rightful position, then you know that they're people of rightful faith. They're people who are walking according to what they believe. These young men did not had not done that most of their lives, and they are projecting upon Joseph the same thing. And so notice, they don't go themselves. They send messengers to Joseph. I love that. This is a unveiling of really the true character of these brothers that that is it's rarely seen. Oftentimes when people are trying to manipulate or trying to live in a way that's not open and upfront as far as how they walk and how they live their lives, they do a couple of, they do the sneaky things. They send somebody else to find out what's going to happen. Let me send, let me ask so-and-so, talk to them and find out what's going on in this situation. Very manipulative, very sneaky, very ungodly, really, to tell you the truth. They should have gone and talked to Joseph themselves. If he's going to kill them, they might as well hear it from his mouth anyway. And by the way, they might even be able to, in that conversation, change his mind because they are his brothers. And rather than sending messengers, sending others to go find out what Joseph thinks they ought to have gone themselves. Another thing I love to hear from people, this is one of those things that is is 
It's just, it's classic church and it's classic people business. A lot of people have told me, uh, they've said there, there's a lot of folks out there. I've talked to, I've talked to a few people and they're telling me, and my first reaction to that always is, tell me who you've talked to. And they're not going to tell you that because usually most of the time, if they talk to anybody, it was one person. And a lot of the time, the person they've talked to is themselves. They were looking in the mirror that morning. They were talking to themselves about the situation and they came up with a plan themselves in the mirror. And that's not how, that's not how issues of life need to be dealt with, or it's not how, how you deal with troubles and struggles. Now, let me tell you, everybody has a natural tendency toward doing that. Everybody wants to shy away from things and not deal with them directly. But I found out in ministry and a lot of the people that I have grown to respect and love in ministry, they deal with things in straightforwardly and, and they attack issues head on. One of the things I love about serving with my brother, Pastor Terry, is he t attacks things straight on. He handles things loving he handles things purposefully. He handles things with prayer and faith, but he handles things straightforward. And uh, that's how things have got to be. That's how we, we need to work in life. Sending other people to handle the most intimate and most personal of your business is really a waste of time. He said, he says here, verse 16, so they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph. Notice he are trying to use their father as a shield continually, even though he's dead. He says, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin, for they did evil to you. Notice there's, there is a, a sense of repentance here. There is a sense of saying we did you wrong. We were wrong in this, but there also is trying to get him to live up to something that his father asked him to do as far as his brothers, when they should have gone and done it themselves. It's real easy just to go say I was wrong been wrong. It's obvious that I was wrong. It's obvious that God was working in your life and wasn't working in my life. And I need to get right about that and allow allow for the fact that you you were someone who is walking in God's will and I'm not walking in God's will. I wasn't walking in God's will. And the truth is I was dealing with my own selfish desires and not yours. And I need to get your forgiveness in this. I was wrong and I want to get my heart right and I want to get my life right. I want to get, get everything heading in the right direction. That's how you handle it. If you've done wrong, even if it's a long time ago and you want to get it settled with somebody and the Bible says you ought to, if you, if it's brought to your conscience, if God's bringing it up in your life, you ought to go handle it. Go say, I was wrong about this. And uh, I apologize. I shouldn't have done what I did. And I just want your forgiveness on this matter. That's how you handle it. That's the godly Christian way to do it. And, uh, and if they don't forgive you, that's between them and God. Remember, uh, you, you have the power to release yourself from all the things that are in this world, from all the sin, from all the struggle, from all the things that you have failed in, from all the things that you've done wrong. You have the power to release yourself from them. And the way you do that is you do that walking by faith and walking, listen to me, in forgiveness of others. You got to forgive others in order for yourself to, in order for you to have the power to walk in the forgiveness that God has given you. If you hold your brothers to those things, they're going to hold you. God's going to hold you to those things. And if you have an unforgiving heart, there's really no way for you to ever really walk in the fullness of the forgiveness that God's given you because your heart's always tied to unforgiveness. And so there, there's just no way for you to live your life in such a way that people are changed 
and that your life is moving in a powerful way forward if you continue to walk in unforgiveness. That being said, the only way for you to walk in forgiveness fully is to seek out forgiveness when you've done wrong, seek out forgiveness from God when you've walked in things you shouldn't have walked in, and chase after the very best that comes from giving others. And boy, that's a powerful tool that God has given us in 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 our lives. He's given us, he has the power to forgive. He has the power to take away sin. And let me tell you something, he has given us that power also. That which is forgiven on earth will be released in heaven. That which is not forgiven will not be released. What is he saying? These issues of forgiveness, as far as you're concerned, have powerful uh, have powerful results, not only in the life that we live in, but in the eternal life that we're going to live in in the future. It's big business to be in business of forgiving. I want to say that again. It's big business to be in the business of forgiving. Forgiving is an important, powerful tool for the believer. And a believer that walks in the power of forgiveness, both in their life toward God and both in their life toward others, is a powerful, life-changing believer. And I want you to understand this. It is important that you become as powerful a life-changing believer as you can, that you speak words of hope, that you speak words of faith, that you speak words of love to other people, and that you also are a person that brings about forgiveness in the hearts of mine and others. Now, notice, they do say, now, please forgive the trespass of the, your, of the servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Notice, Joseph, he's always been forgiven. If he hadn't been forgiven, he'd have killed his brothers a long time ago. He could have easily done that. Wouldn't have been a problem. Wouldn't have even been an issue. He could have figured out some way to have them killed and his father never even know about it. Joseph was the most powerful man in the world other than Pharaoh, and he operated in Pharaoh's full power also. And so he was clearly the most powerful man in the world. He could have had all that done if he wanted to, and Pharaoh could have killed his brothers at any point in time, and Joseph was the hand of Pharaoh. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Why? Because he had a natural instinct toward forgiveness. And the reason he had a natural instinct toward forgiveness is because forgiveness is one of the results of God's work in the earth. And uh, he had great faith in God. And so in verse 18, it says, Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face. And they said, Behold, we are your servants. Once they found out that he had a forgiving heart, they finally come on in and ask for forgiveness. I think it would have been more better if they'd have come. It'd have been more better if they had come and done it themselves. But, you know, however we get there is however we get there. And sometimes some people, it t- it's, it's harder for them to climb the hill than it is for you. And uh, even in that matter, you got to give them, give them a little time and give them a little, little room to, for that to happen. Never try to shoe hold somebody into the path of righteousness that you've walked. That path is not the same for them. They, God's ordered their steps in a in different ways. It's the same door. It's the same gate. That's Jesus. But their paths to that place are oftentimes different, and their struggles are oftentimes different. Don't try to shoehold somebody into your path and the way you do things because they just hadn't experienced what you've experienced. And some of them haven't walked in the grace that you've walked in. And if they're going to finally get to the place where they fall down and ask for forgiveness and fix the problem, well, then give them room to do it. And that is really how we do things. That's how we do things as believers. We give people opportunity to operate in what God has done in their lives. And so 
Finally, these brothers figured out Joseph's not going to kill him. If Joseph could have, he would have. Joseph's heart has always been bent toward God. His heart has always been one to walk by faith, and his life has always reflected that. And finally, these boys get to the place where they realize, you know what? Brother's not going to kill us. Brother's Brother is walking in faith far beyond us. And they fall down, and they say, we're your servants. We're behind you. We're following you. Whatever you say, that's where we're going. And he earned that. And and by the way, that was the origination of all the problems in the first place is because God told him a long time ago this would happen. And it did. He says, Joseph said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? Notice, notice retribution. Notice taking uh, the, the, the sin out of other people's lives. Notice your job, you're not a trophy of wrath and judgment. You're a trophy of grace. And he's saying here, he's saying here, I'm not God. And my job is not wrath and judgment. My job is grace and love. And listen to me, that is your job also. And there's no way to get around that. That is your job also. Fun and enjoying the goodness of God's grace that is being showered upon you is what you ought to always be about. Always, when I'm in any situation, especially the most intense situations of life, I try to always walk in that love, joy, and grace. And that joy means to have a little fun, to see things as they actually are from a real perspective, and not allow the emotions, the sins of the past, the shame of of our sin and our struggle to overcome the goodness and the joy that God has for us, no matter how terrible the situation might seem to be. God's goodness and his grace and his power are always available to us if we walk by faith. And he says, but as for you, now this is a critical passage right here. He says, but as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. And in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Notice what Joseph said is what you meant for evil, God meant for good. Wow, what a great story. That See, that places God in the proper position. He is sovereign of the universe. You can't do to me anything. Just like Jesus said to old Pilate, Pontius Pilate, and I believe in the most loving of ways, he said to old Pontius Pilate, he said to him, he said to him, you would have no power over me except that which God has given him. Now, a lot of people feel like he's telling Pilate, you can't do anything to me unless God lets you. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, Pilate, listen, you're going to have to crucify me. You, you're going to have to carry this thing on to the end. And the only reason that we're in this position and the only reason you're going to have to do this is because my God's in charge. He's in control and I'm going to the cross and there's really nothing you can do to stop it. And so quit beating yourself up, move forward. Let's get this thing done because I've got a kingdom to build. I've got a people to save and I've got a life to give. And that's what Jesus was telling Pilate when he said, my God's in charge. And that's what Joseph is telling his brothers, even right here in this moment. He's saying, listen to me, God's in charge. But as for you, you meant evil against me. But notice he says, but God meant it for good. You meant evil, God meant it for good. And uh, there's no other way to look at this other than that. And he says, God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day. Notice God's sovereign control over the moment. His power to handle everything in every situation 
and bring it about to his perfect and pleasing and good will. He said, to save many people alive. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. Why? Because God's in control. Don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. The heart of character, the heart of God, a man of God, a man of God to the end, a type of Christ. So was Joseph. What a powerful story this is and what a powerful ending to the story. Forgiveness, hope, and life. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he give you hope and peace as you go today. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.